At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. Good morning and welcome in. Still no Gil off for the week. Jonathan Von Tobel filling in and a show that I am very excited for. You like to talk to smart people, right? Well, we got a lot of them today on this program. We got Tom Byrne is going to be with us. Sirius XM NBA postgame show about five minutes from now. Discuss what happened in the NBA last night. What we're expecting tonight and going forward. An incredible performance from Dallas Mavericks, the Dallas Mavericks, and Luka Doncic. Andy McNeil, 30 minutes from now. A very good slate of hockey. Interesting night last night. Pick his brain on a couple of the things that we saw last evening. Josh Towers, former MLB player, of course, VEASAN host. No, don't Josh up on Twitter. Will be with us bottom of the hour to discuss many many things in the major leagues. Chris Felica, we got him for two. We're going to play two with Chris as there's a lot going on. The Colonial, which Brady Cannon is going to be with us to analyze later today as well. We also have those college football game of the year lines, which the Bear has, of course, dove into and dove? No, dove. Uh, and then, of course, a little bit more on golf and NHL with Chris, too. But we start with last night. Look, uh, before the postseason started, right, we were talking about this, Jason and I, right before the show started right now. I had selected the Clippers to come out of the Western Conference and still not dead yet, down 2 nothing. We've seen crazier things happen, right? However, even when you're on a side, right, in terms of being on the wrong one, at some point you have to sit back and you have to realize greatness unfolding in front of you. And last night was absolutely incredible, yet again, from Luka Doncic. The Dallas Mavericks get a 127-121 win over the Los Angeles Clippers, take a 2-0 series lead over the Clips. Mavericks, the 32nd team in NBA history, according to ESPN Stats and Info, to win the first two games of a best-of-seven series on the road. 27 of the previous 31 
went on to win the series. So, of course, history in favor of the Dallas Mavericks moving on here in the first round. The Clippers, of course, deserve all of the smoke that they get for tanking on purpose at the end of the year to avoid the Los Angeles Lakers, and they end up with the best young player in the NBA to only torch them on a consistent basis. But last night, man, like, I don't know how you just sit back and you watch the way that those shots were going down, what Luka Doncic was doing to anybody on the court, right? Paul George, not big enough. Kawhi Leonard, I'll just put you up in the post and then I'll spin off and hit a fadeaway jumper. Ivica Zubac, switch on me, bro. Let's see what happens. Marcus Morris, how about finishing over him and then telling the crowd that he can't guard me? Like, there was such an incredible amount of just basketball playing played there from Luka Doncic. You have to just sit back and, and watch what happened. And, and, you know, we can get into the numbers like we talked about yesterday, right? Dallas again for another game. First game, 47% from three. This game in non-garbage time, 58.1% from beyond the arc. 18 of 31. The Clippers actually had their three-point shooting regress like we expected, right? The three-point shooter for the Clippers yesterday, 39.4%. Their offense rating a little bit better than the first game, 124.7. But when you give up an offensive rating of 129.6, when you turn the ball over, and these are unforced errors, by the way, not just Dallas committing or excuse me, forcing those turnovers. It's you committing unforced errors. These are the things that are going to be the difference in a series like this. And a six-point loss is a loss. And now, of course, you stare at 2 nothing going back to Dallas and having to contain a stretch here of offense, which has been absolutely incredible from Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. And like it, at one point, you just throw up your hands, right? Like, again, you can look at all these numbers and say, well, at some point, the three-point shooting is going to regress. But here's the thing, and we have mentioned this, right? And we've talked about this. I mentioned this when we talked about the Portland Trailblazer series the other day. Where at the end, we talk about a hot shooting stretch, right? And Jason and I were discussing this off the air. The numbers dictated that Dallas, or excuse me, Denver and Milwaukee were in spots that they were going to bounce back, that a lot of the numbers were showing you that there was going to be some regression to the mean for either their opponent or themselves, and that there would be better performances and they were better in spots on Monday night. And sure enough, that panned out, right? That actually worked. But at the end of the day, still, four, you know, best of seven series are still really small sample sizes. And there is a universe in which this shooting keeps up for the most part for the Dallas Mavericks, and they go on to win this series. So I think what we watched last night was absolutely incredible. Again, still being on the losing side of it, you have to sit back at some point in awe and just realize that greatness is unfolding in front of you. And even from an anecdotal standpoint, like realizing what the league has in store for them with Luka Doncic, looking at the way that he was playing yesterday, Tim Hardaway Jr. looks like the steal of that trade for Christophe Porzingis. Like, everything was nuts. And again, it wasn't even just about the three-point shooting, to be fair to the Dallas Mavericks. The Clippers didn't know what they were doing defensively, right? Giving up open dunks and lanes to Christophe Porzingis, doubling off of him and going from there. Like, those are the types of things, man. And again, you know, I wrote about this in Point Spread Weekly. It was up this week. You want to look at those sustainable trends, right, in box scores. What's going to regress and what's not? But at the end of the day, seven-game sample sizes still aren't that big. And sometimes you'll get Denver and Portland, and you'll get Milwaukee and Miami. And other times you'll just get a team that's on a hot streak right now with one of the best players in the NBA just slicing you up on a game-to-game -game basis. And that's what the Mavericks are doing. It's Jonathan Von Tobel here on a numbers game on VSIN, the Esports Betting Network. Remember, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Fubo Sling, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, all the spots which you can take in the program here at the South Point Studio. And let's welcome in Tom Byrne, who's with us now. Discuss everything we saw last night and going forward. Tom, thanks for joining me early in the morning, buddy. So uh, let's talk about that, dude. Like, you know, I, I had made the case. 
And we had talked about it throughout the couple of you know the couple of shows last few days that a lot of these game one performances, Tom, you know, you expected some regression to the mean statistically in Denver and Portland. That happened with the Nuggets three point shooting continued to dominate within four feet. Milwaukee and Miami, the three point shooting came back around for Milwaukee. Both of those teams win the game twos. But you look at this from Dallas. There's no signs that the shooting is slowing down for this team, and Doncic has been amazing. Like, at some point, the numbers tell you something, but the other times, Tom, right, like, sometimes there's greatness and folds in front of you. You can't really do much about it. 100%, and it's hilarious that they lost to the Rockets and Thunder down the stretch <laughs> to get this matchup. Yes. The matchup, in my opinion, they would have lost the season ago had Chris Asperzingas, who's a little overrated, but had Chris Asperzingas not been injured. Listen, to your point, I mean, their effective pickup percentage was a tick under 70%. That's insane. I mean, if you're the Clippers, how you feeling? You've got 61.3% effective field goal percentage, and you still lost by a couple possessions in your own building. This is a weird Dallas team, though, JVT. They're a better road team than they are at home. They've been more comfortable all year. The record's identical, but if you look at the net ratings, they're a good five-plus points better on the road. So we'll say this series not quite over yet, but obviously it got to leave Dallas here. We're going to find out how much heart the Clippers have coming up in a couple of days. You know, there's a part of me that says, you know what, you got to take the Clippers at one here before it moves to one and a half, two. I just don't know if I trust this team. I can envision a scenario where they lose this series, and within, you know, 48 to 72 hours, here come the reports. These guys still don't like each other, and now what do you do? if you're Lawrence Frank and Jerry West. So a lot of this, you know, we're, we're going to talk a lot about the, the Mavericks, right? The shooting time, everything like that. But there's also some takeaways. Like there are things that the Clippers, namely Ty Lue, can do better. And I don't want to put it all on the floor of Ty Lue, right. at the feet of Ty Lue. But like when we're looking at like Avica Zubac still, for some reason, getting, you know, willingly putting him out there for the minutes that he is. And he's still finding these possessions where he's getting switched onto Luka Doncic. You know, this weird, like there's sometimes they'll double Luka. Sometimes they won't. They'll be comfortable with Patrick Beverly. Like I just haven't understood yep. the defensive game plan from Ty Lue at all in this series? Well, I've said to you, I think, on multiple occasions, I'm not a big Ty Lue fan. I agree 100%. I wouldn't play a five much at all if I'm the Clippers moving forward. We'll see what adjustments Ty Lue has. I mean, listen, he hangs his hat on the championship, JVT, won in Cleveland. The reality is David Blatt was 31-10 and 10 when he was fired, and Kyrie Irving played 15 games. Mm-hmm. So, miss me with the Ty Lue was the difference. Nonsense. No, LeBron James just felt more comfortable with Ty Lue and let him do whatever the hell he wanted as opposed to David Blatt, who he knew nothing about and felt disrespected that, you know, he wasn't consulted. So the reality is Ty Lue's been overrated for some time. He'll probably put Zubac on the bench a lot more than he has. But, I mean, look look at that game yesterday. They absolutely annihilated Chris Desperzingas in the pick-and-roll scenarios, and they still didn't win the game. So, yes, there are adjustments to be made. But unless they could start defending Luka Doncic, and I love the fact that he told us before the game, well, you guys are going to get what you want. Kawhi Leonard's going to be on Luka. Well, he wasn't on him for the entirety of the game. I mean, they, they tried a little bit of everything. Nothing seemed to work. So why would I sit here and believe that Ty Lue is going to have all the answers? And then he was Mr. Cocky after the game, the down 0-2, losing two games in their own building. And he's talking as if there's a no, you know, no doubt feeling in that locker room that they're going to come back and win. You can't convince me of that. Yep, and the other thing is, too, the ancillary pieces, Tom, you got to perform a little bit better. 69 points combined yep. from Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, 14 from your three other starters, Marcus Morris, Zubac, Patrick Beverly, missing open shots. I thought Morris had a really poor game yesterday. I think he can perform a little bit better. Uh, but like that was my worry, right, when you're talking about going small. I, I would appreciate that, but that means Marcus Morris getting some more minutes, and like he's got to play better because he has not been good at all in this yep. series. Yeah, Morris is the type of guy who could change games for the Clippers. He could be a good 3-and-D guy some nights, and when he is that and providing toughness, 
Not playing dirty, but providing toughness. The Clippers can be awfully tough. In fairness, and you know this, JVT, they had an excellent regular season. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had them power rated in the top two, three teams in the league for a reason. You know, typically they defend when they wanted to. That was a little inconsistent. And they'd get buckets consistently. To your point, Morris was a big part of their success. His three-point percentage was really good all year long. But he's been an absolute mess. And you know that, by the way, side note, makes Dallas fans really happy because we all remember the nonsense last year where he stopped on Luka. And Luka's making them hear it, too. Every time he scores, I mean, there was one possession. Luka scored, and he was screaming at Patrick Beverly the entire way down the floor. So this feels like a type of series that a Morris, a Beverly could have a little bit more impact on, to your point. Look, we could knock Kawhi Leonard, all right, you left Toronto, you went to the Clippers, obviously from a legacy standpoint that hasn't worked out, but what more can he do offensively yesterday? Not much. Paul George could be a little better, but if they don't start getting some help from these other pieces that have played pretty good ball throughout most of the season, they're going to be out real quick. This game three is going to be fascinating. Again, it's at one. I think it's going to go to one and a half, two. If they lose this game, this is the type of team that's going to roll over and get swept. Think mm-hmm. about that for a minute. Yet I still don't know how confident I am to put some money down on the Clippers quite yet. Yep. Well, they play the best of seven for a reason. It's going to be a fascinating series as we go back to Correct. Dallas. Uh, all right, let's go to the other Los Angeles team. So uh, I was kind of consistent on this. I wrote about this a couple of times, Tom, that in this series for the Los Angeles Lakers, it, I thought it was very important they won in two areas on offense. It was at the rim and it was in transition, and finally you saw that a little bit yep. yesterday, right? 77% within four feet of the basket, one and a half points per play in transition, and you end up getting a win over the Phoenix Suns. So what's your takeaway now through two games? You know, we did the thing, right? You know, the collective way after game one, even though we saw the Lakers lose game ones last year. Like, uh-oh, what's going on with Los Angeles? It's a pretty good team. LeBron gets comfortable after game ones, anecdotally, and then moves on from there. So now as we transition back to Phoenix with this series, what's the takeaway after a split in Phoenix? Well, number one, I like that Frank Vogel had done a terrible job at his rotations down the stretch, started to utilize Mark Gasol a little bit more. Of course, it comes on the night Andre Drummond has his best performance. <laughs> so so I, I still think moving forward, to be honest, you've got to give more of Drummond's minutes to Gasol. The spacing with Gasol is just so much better than it is with Drummond, all due respect to Andre, who did a great job of keeping Phoenix off the offensive glass. The offensive rebounding was phenomenal for the Suns in game one. It was completely non-existent in game two. In fact, the offensive rebounding percentage of 15% was in the zero percentile, cleaning the glass. So you keep that in mind. I'd like to see AD play more of the five. I don't really give a darn that he doesn't like playing the five. He's soft as Charmin. We know that. But when they play... They play them at the five. They are a totally different team, and they could be the best team in the West. I'm not convinced of that. I wasn't convinced of that prior to these playoffs. But when he's at the five, they look like a different team more times than not. So maybe they figured some things out. Probably inevitable. They were going to play better in game two, more of a sense of urgency. I didn't see a sense of urgency at all. And what bothers me most about this series right now, JVT, is the reality that Chris Paul did not play down the stretch. I mean, mm-hmm. think about that. The final four minutes of the game – I'm preparing for the NBA radio postgame show. I tell my producer, Chris Paul's on the bench. I mean, even if the Suns win this game, this is a horrific sign if you're a Sun fan. No, and Chris Paul is so banged up he can't play. And this is the fourth, fifth time now. I remember the 2018 hamstring injury being the worst of them because they're up three games to two on that great Warrior team. He has no luck as far as these injuries are concerned, and that could very well swing this series. I thought it was a coin flip series coming in 
But with Chris Paul banged up, obviously, and the Lakers take a game two, it's right back to being a Lakers series. Yep, Lakers $3 favorite to win this series now as it heads back to Los Angeles. That's via DraftKings. Yep. Chris Paul last night, six points, two of five from the floor. He had five assists, but only 23 minutes, as Tom points out. So Chris Paul is a linchpin here. Devin Booker can play 40 minutes. He can score 31, but you need something outside of Booker. And it was not a good series, not a good game, I should put it that way, for the starters for the Phoenix Suns, dominated by the top five for the Los Angeles Lakers. All right, let's talk a little bit about some of the games that we're going to see today and the series yeah. that we are going to see unfold. Uh, let's start with what I thought stole the weekend and the series that looks like it's going to be absolutely fantastic. Atlanta plays the second one in New York here, Tom, 4.30 p.m. Pacific time start between these two clubs. So what is my takeaway from game one was, you know, I thought there was when I was watching it and statistically when you looked at it, I think there's a gap between this Hawks starting at lineup and what the Knicks can roll out there. And with DeAndre Hunter out there now being able to bother Julius Randle, is he going to go 9 of 23 or whatever it was in game one? No, he's probably not going to do that again in every game of the series. But is the Knicks bench scoring 60 points every single one of these games? No, no, they're not. And I think it was 6 of 23 for Randle. You and I actually are going to disagree on this one. Only because I envisioned this being a long series. I mm-hmm. thought before the series it was going seven. It was a coin flip game. I both, I had them both power rated about two points better than average. And look, you're right about the talent discrepancy, JVT, but we knew about the talent discrepancy going in. So it's not like that was a huge revealing moment as we're watching the game and, oh, my God, Atlanta's got more talent. The Knicks have had less talent than a lot of teams. They played all year, but they grit, they grind, and they figure out a way to win. Typically all year they've been great in the first half, but they hold on in the second half. I think they're going to have a little something for Atlanta tonight. You know, this is still a relatively speaking inexperienced Atlanta team on the road at the Garden. That place will be rocking. You know, it's funny. In the regular season, I wasn't giving anybody more than, you know, maybe three-quarters point for being home. I really wasn't. But now you've got to start considering home court advantage. It's real again. Sense of desperation always helps. They know they can't go to Atlanta. Not that that's a great home for us. They could care less down there, generally speaking. But they can't go to Atlanta down two games to none. They know that. You know, Atlanta feeling all good about themselves. Trey Young talking a lot of smack. I, I think New York's going to have a little revenge in them tonight. I, I, I don't think that they're going to defend as poorly as they did in the first game. Their numbers defensively did not match up with who they were in the regular season. I'm sure Thibodeau is whipping them into shape. I think the Knicks lay two. If it gets to two and a half, you're going to lose the best number. I think that's a fair price on New York. It's not a terrible line, but I think that's a fair price on New York. I already played it. Where are you at the series? Hawks minus 250, Knicks 2-1. to one. Yeah, I don't have a position in the series. I mean, obviously now with the Hawks up one nothing, you got to like their chances, but that price would keep me away. If they were to lose this game, maybe the value goes right back on them. At this point, just because of the numbers being where they are, I'd probably say Knicks because I have the Knicks winning tonight. Yeah, I like it. All right, let's move on. Two more games and see if we have time to get to this Portland-Denver series. Uh, Memphis and Utah tonight, Tom. We're going to get Donovan Mitchell, I think. We thought we were going to get him in game one, and he got that scratch. Eight and a half, nine, the line here. Eight and a half, really, the Lord, the lowest number, and that's over at Circa. Then they're the lone one off the nine here. So what's the read? Because my takeaway was, look, Dylan, Book, uh, Dylan was great, uh, but in the game one, when you looked at it, Dylan Brooks, excuse me, when you looked at it, though, when you're operating from the mid-range as much as the Grizzlies are against a team like Utah, you can have a really hot shooting night from that area of the floor, but they're not going to shoot yeah. as poorly as they did from beyond the arc. Like This seems like a relatively solid bounce-back spot, but of course all this baked into the number in the south point here at 9.5 for Utah with a total of 218. Yeah, I jumped on the 8 when it was revealed Donovan Mitchell was going to play. 9.5 is probably too much, but even with the 9.5, I still lean Utah. I'd be shocked, shocked 
if the Jazz don't pound Memphis tonight. And if they don't, it's a bad sign. Listen, my model all year has loved Utah as the best team, and it's not even been close. I've had them plus 10 or better all season. I can't tell you how astronomically high that number is. And so from that standpoint, I like them coming in. I lost game one, admittedly. I also thought Donovan Mitchell was going to play. I should have tried to get out of it in-game. I did not. It happened to be on air on Mad Dog Sports Radio, so that didn't help. So that game bothered me. But I'm coming right back with Utah. Like I said, as soon as I got the information that Mitchell would play, and I figured he would. I mean, it's the NBA now. You know, players typically tell you when they want to play, right? Not the other way around. This, this case was a little different. The training staff told him when he's going to play. We know that caused the rift. Keep in mind, Donovan Mitchell's been upset with the organization at times in the past. I don't think they want to upset him again. I'd be stunned if Mitchell doesn't play. And if he does play, I think he's going to play well. Now, I think he's the third-best player. I think Rudy Gobert has looked like a top five to ten player in the world this year in terms of impacting winning. I think Mike Conley quietly has put together one of his finest seasons in his career. I don't think this Utah team gets enough credit. I really think you're going to – and you could go first half here if you wanted to, even first quarter. I think they're going to come out and just annihilate this Memphis team. Give the Memphis Grizzlies all the credit of the world. They're tough. They're going to make you work defensively. Jaws worth the price of admission. Dylan Brooks, so gritty, really interesting player. He's, he's just the guy you respect, right? But Utah has the talent. And I know nobody wants to trust them because they don't have a guy who's, generally speaking, considered to be a top five to ten player by the public. And the only time we've seen a team win – with that situation is the 2004 Pistons. So that's the problem the Phoenix Suns have to a great extent, and the problem Utah has in terms of the public not believing in them. Uh, But this Utah team is much better than most people know. And then we get to the uh, best game on the board. No, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. Actually, a really good first game in the series. <laughs> Philadelphia 76ers, the Washington Wizards. So my question here, Sixers, eight-point favorite, time total of 230 or 229.5, depending on where you shop. What shocked me the most about that game first time around, the 76ers allowing the Wizards to go 28 of 33 at the rim. Like, I thought that was going to be yeah. something that was going to be a problem for Washington to be able to generate offense within four feet, but they did it. Is that, the, is that an anomaly, or does Washington have something here offensively? I think it's an anomaly to your point. I waited, fortunately, took them in-game, so I got W, but I wasn't impressed with Philadelphia. I'll be down there tonight. I think there'll be a buzz in the building. People around here believe, even though it's only 50%, there's going to be more of a buzz than it has been for a while. That makes a difference, too. Here's another thing, too, and some people might poo-poo this, but I'm telling you right now, I'm a Sixers season ticket holder. This means something. The fact that Bradley Beal was caught on camera, JVT, mocking Joel Embiid multiple times during the game mm-hmm. is something, as a Sixers season ticket holder, I love because that's what gets Embiid engaged. I'm telling you, there's something about Joel, and I've said this for years, and everybody at first, eh, whatever, now they all agree. He subconsciously sometimes turns it off. Now, I don't know why. I can't explain it. And then there are other times when he takes – some matchups, personal, and he looks like one of the top ten players in history. Just ridiculous. I think he's going to have a little something for the Wizards here. You know, Bradley Beal, better be careful. I think you're going to say now they're not going to guard each other. I think you're going to see Embiid, to your point, take care of business downstairs, defensively around the rim. Offensively, he's going to be more aggressive, I think, than ever. You know, eight's a lot to lay. I probably won't play a pre-flop. But, again, if they were to get down early, Philly's definitely the side here. They just don't have much around Russ or Beal. Bertans is capable, but he's been more inconsistent this year than a lot of people would like. Gafford's okay, but he doesn't have anything for Embiid. Eight's a lot. Wait, play it in-game if they were to get down early, which is possible. One time burn up on Twitter. Tom, real quick, what's the radio uh, circuit like for you this week and now that the playoffs are underway? As always, Monday through Friday, NBA Radio Post Game Show right after the game. 
uh, go final, replaying all the way through 7 a.m. Eastern time and available on the Sirius XM app. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it, dude. JVT, appreciate it. Take it easy, buddy. All right, we'll come back. We have plenty to get to. Andy McNeil is going to be with us in about 15 minutes. Get the down low on what's going on on the ice. It's a numbers game here on VSIN. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. 
With basketball, hockey, and baseball games every week, it's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever the sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. So, a couple of things to clean up very quickly, and we're going to tie this all in beautifully. I feel like we're going to tie this all in beautifully because something just popped up on my timeline that I completely forgot about. So we were just talking with Tom Byrne and of SiriusXM NBA, and he mentioned that the Knicks spot-wise tonight in a really potentially good spot here against the Atlanta Hawks. So there's a couple of things that come from this. One, the New York Post, uh, congratulations for bringing this back because I totally forgot about this. A 2017 interview with Trey Young from CBS Sports, he actually has a fear of birds. If you remember this, it was uh, orinthophobia, I think is the proper term. And the quote from him is, you know how birds are friendly to people. I hate birds, he tells CBS. All you see is the ocean, the sand, the birds flying over you, birds trying to eat the crabs and the sand. They're all next to you. I've seen a bird attack one of my friends at high school in a parking lot, scared her. The bird was by my car. She turned to get in her car, and it just attacked her. I was so scared. So if the Knicks faithful do not have, like, massive massive poster boards of birds in the stands trying to get to this kid. They are not doing it properly. But they also have in their arsenal, officially now, the most improved player of the year. Again, we were talking about this hodgepodge style, the way that TNT is releasing these awards. We got a text out of nowhere yesterday that it's official. Julius Randle crowned most improved player on Tuesday. Randle, just the second player, according to ESPN Stats and Info, to win the award in his seventh year or later. Joining Hito Turkoglu, who won it in his eighth season, 2007-2008. So congratulations to Julius Randle, who won most improved. I don't think it was a competition, and the voting showed that, by the way. He got 98 of the 100 first-place votes. Uh, Jeremy Grant got the other two. But Randle has been absolutely spectacular this season. Improvement as a three-point shooter. Improvement as a passer. He is their best player. He has been absolutely out of his mind. So a very big congratulations to Julius Randle, who very much deserved that and I'm happy because while we lost out on six man of the year with Joe Ingles, the 22 to one ticket on Julius Randle when most improved comes home. So awesome, awesome for Julius Randle, who is a really great addition for the New York Knicks. And the Knicks, of course, today, two point favorite over the Atlanta Hawks and Trey Young. Ironic that he's a member of the Atlanta Hawks and he's scared of birds, no? That's irony, is it not? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right, really quickly, let's tie in some of these uh, updated series prices as we kind of go forward and the amount of games that they could potentially last. Because obviously, as we are now into these series, we do get adjustments on a lot of these. By the way, I'm kind of surprised that the Lakers were as high as a $3 favorite over the Suns, but that's regardless. All right, so how many games are the series going to go? The best one on the board, I, I'm still excited for this. The first two games were absolutely fantastic. Two high-level offensive teams still going to go at it again tomorrow. How many games this Nuggets and Trailblazers series will go via BetMGM? It's not surprising. Actually, I'll say this. It is kind of surprising. I thought the seven games would be the favorite here, plus 140 is the favorite six games between these two clubs. Five games at plus 275, and then seven games for the Denver Nuggets and Portland Trailblazers at plus 160. And it's not just like the history thing, right? You know, these two teams have played a best-of-seven series about two years ago, did go seven, but they're just so, there's, like, there's not that much between these two, right? There's not a massive difference. Two high-level teams offensively. I think the Nuggets have the slight edge defensively. And I, I think what is fascinating, the one thing that has developed after game two and what you're going to see going forward, and this is the cool thing about the NBA, right? Because coaching matters, even though there is some thought that maybe it doesn't. The adjustments, right? The little X's and O's matchups that you'll see here. 
Well, the Nuggets threw one out there in the third quarter. Michael Malone decided to put Aaron Gordon on Damian Lillard in the third quarter in the second half. Really stymied Portland offensively a little bit, slowed down Damian Hood in the same second quarter, and, of course, you go from there. So how did the Portland Trailblazers alter that, right? Did they put Damian more off the ball? Did they get Aaron Gordon trailing a little bit more, run him off of screens, things like that? I think it's going to be pretty fascinating to see what the adjustment is going to be from Portland, but plus 160 in a best-of-seven series, it makes more sense to me. Now, this is the series where I have altered my thinking a little bit here because I thought the Bucs were going to win this series, and I thought this was going to be a six-game series. But through the first two games, and yes, one of them was an overtime win for Milwaukee at the buzzer, but I, I think the numbers have dictated through the first two games that Milwaukee is a different team, and they are a much better team. The Heat have no answer through two games for Milwaukee within four feet of the basket. The shooting corrected itself in a massive way in game two, and you expect it to kind of maintain itself somewhat evenly, right? They're not going to shoot 16% again. They're not going to shoot 50% again. But you're expecting to get that sixth-best shooting team again from Milwaukee. The gap between these two teams, I think I underestimated it. I think it might be a lot bigger than it really expected coming into this series. It wouldn't be surprising to see this thing just go five. Have Miami still went back at home, and then Milwaukee takes either way, whatever, game three, game four, brings it back and wraps it up back on Milwaukee. But I think I underestimated how much better this Bucks team is, and especially in a matchup like this. I thought they were going to win the series, so that tells you how good they've been through the first two games. All right. Let's switch gears here. When we come back, National Hockey League, Andy McNeil is going to be with us. We got Josh Towers bottom of this hour. Don't go anywhere. It is a numbers game on VSIN. A numbers game with Gil Alexander. We have a new feature on vcin.com every day. We're posting the latest betting splits on every game in the major sports with current odds and what percentage of bets of money are being placed on each game, courtesy of DraftKings Sportsbook. Check this info daily to find out which games are seeing the most tickets written and if that matches the money coming in on those games to help you find a betting edge. And of course, we have all the odds, data, and analysis for every game as well. Start your next sports bet at vcin.com. Headline Seeking incentive for NHL bets. That is Andy McNeil's latest piece up on vcin.com, also in Point Spread Weekly. And we have the man, the myth, the legend himself, Andy McNeil, with us now. Andy, thanks for coming on, buddy. Appreciate it. I know you got a busy day. Uh, so let's dive right in. Dilly nor dally, we will do with you. Uh, let's start with I, one of the headliners. I'm really interested in what's going to happen later this evening. So I was pretty fascinating. Two losses, Andy, in the series for the Vegas Golden Knights have been kind of odd statistically, right? Like domination in terms of shot share, heavy edge in terms of the high danger chances, all these sort of things. So what's the evaluation of this? It opened up Vegas minus 137, plus 117 on the other side. Is this a spot where on the road Vegas just continues to put it out offensively and they can find their way to a series victory here? I don't think it's it's that simple. Um, the the Wild um, do a good job of of limiting those those high danger chances. And, and yes, the the Knights uh, had a, had a big edge. Uh, if we're you know just talking um, about their share of the total scoring chain chances or high danger chances uh, in the game, uh, specifically the last game. Um, but but I felt they they just don't do enough of it. I mean, they had 67 shot attempts at five on five, and only 12 of them were from that high danger area. Uh, so that's just forced shot selection, uh, you know, far too often for this this Vegas Golden Knights team. And and you know, it's it really opens the door for for variance to uh, you know kind of play a big role in these games. And and they have um, for me, 
Uh, I I can't get any any higher than than right around minus one twelve in favor of the Vegas Golden Knights here with the Wild at home, um, looking to tie this series. So I'm I'm looking to to bet the Wild today uh, on the money line. Uh, we're seeing around plus one fifteen right now. That's not good enough for me. I'm hoping uh, to see some of that, uh, you know, that that Vegas love enter into the market, and and then I can uh, jump in and then back the Wild again here to to even up the series and force a game seven. Am I wrong if I am reminded of the Vancouver series last year for Vegas, where it was just like shots from the perimeter from the blue line, and then you looked at it at the end of the game like, wow, they're just peppering them with shots. Like in reality, yeah, I guess, but like they're just taking these long distance shots that are just finding the chest of the goaltender. It's not really shots that are have a high chance of going in, right? Some of these high danger chances you're kind of alluding to it, it does kind of remind me of that to a certain extent. For sure. And, you know, I mean, it, it really uh, helps out if, if you force the issue and try to get to those dangerous areas. Um, even if you're not generating shots, just trying to get there and trying to get the puck there will likely lead to, you know, the Minnesota Wild taking penalties because they would love nothing more than to keep you on the perimeter or keep the Vegas Golden Knights on the perimeter, uh, keep the shots to the outside, and then try to, you know, limit those high-danger chances. So if you do that, they're going to, to continue to play discipline, uh, you know, not take very many penalties and 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 uh, try to shut this team down. And Vegas really has to force the issue if they want to be victorious here tonight. All right, let's go Florida and Tampa Bay. Spencer Knight, the difference maker, maybe, was really solid in goal last game out. Panthers, of course, extend this out to now game six. But I'm curious, you know, that first period, Andy, when I'm watching, they were putting this kid in some pretty tough situations, and he was answering the call for the most part. I think it was, what, seven or eight high-danger chances for Tampa. They were getting this kid lateral, and he gave up the first goal like that. But he holds strong. They end up winning the game. So what's the read here for this series now? Lightning opened up $1.45, still floating in that range right now, $1.50, depending on where you shop, with a total of six. Yeah, he was he was fantastic, and according to uh, Evolving Hockey, he saved roughly two goals above expected given the shot quality that he faced. Um, so a really great performance in his first ever playoff start. Can he do it two more times? I don't know. It, it's going to be tough. Um, I think that minus 145 price tag is pretty appropriate. I'm hoping once again here to see the market shift. Uh, um, you know, the Panthers, if there's a silver lining here, they've been the better team overall at five-on-five. They've held a slight territorial edge, owning about 53% of the shot attempts and expected goals. Uh, And in all situations, they have owned uh, 57% of the expected goals, um, according to Evolving Hockey. But, you know, the Lightning's top-end players and and their goaltender have proven to be the difference maker. Uh, They've outscored the Panthers 3.9 to 3.3 on a per-60-minute basis. Um, so, you know, it, it's tough. And then the, the, the big thing here is penalties. Uh, if, I, I believe if the Panthers even take just as many penalties as the Lightning, I mean, last game was the first game where they really had an, an advantage in terms of, you know, getting to the power play more often than the Lightning did. Um, they're going to be in trouble. The, the Lightning are just far too talented on the man advantage. If you give them enough opportunities, they're going to put you away with Stamkos on one side and Kucher up on the other. So um, they're going to have to play. The Panthers are going to have to play a really disciplined game. I'm, I'm holding out for minus 130 or better on the Lightning. I'm, I'm Like I said, I'm really hoping. I think once the goaltending confirmation comes in, you might see a little bit of money on the Panthers because, like like I said, those, those numbers are strong and they have been the better team in a lot of respects. But I view the high-end skill here as, as a really uh, a big edge for the Lightning.
Last two minutes with you, bud. Pittsburgh and New York. So, you know, it's not a shock to say the goaltending is important, but if you want a great example of it, uh, that is this series right here. Yari has not been great. 902 save percentage. They don't really have another option here because Casey DeSmith is hurt, right? And Sorokin's been awesome. So what's the evaluation? Is this just, hey, Yari, play better? Because statistically, if you look at the series, Pittsburgh has been playing pretty well. Yeah, goaltending has definitely been the difference here. And, I mean, that's that's, you know, kind of, uh, something that was talked about, I, I think, a lot uh, heading in. Uh, the Islanders had two strong options in goal. Obviously, DeSmith is a pretty good goaltender, but I don't, I'm not convinced that Jari is an NHL goaltender, and he's he's been proving that uh, throughout this series. He's allowed 3.5 goals above expected, uh, while rookie goaltender Ilya Sorokin or Sorokin uh, seems to be in the process of solidifying himself as the new starter here. Um, he saved about two goals above expected in his three starts combined. Um, so I don't think without Sorokin's play, the Islanders would be leading 3-2. Um, I haven't been keen on laying chalk on either of these teams. I've been outfit to take the Islanders at, a, at, a, uh, sorry, at an underdog price a couple of times uh, and got lucky once, I felt. Um, but, you know, through five games, the Islanders have been bested in just about every meaningful category that doesn't show up on the score sheet. Um, they're trying to play shutdown hockey, but uh, they're they're doing a pretty good job, I guess. I mean, they've they've only owned about forty three percent of the shot attempts, but they've limited the Penguins to just fifty one fifty one percent share of expected goals in all situations. So the Penguins aren't getting enough. They're not getting those those dangerous attempts, uh, and you know, frequently enough uh, to to warrant any any big price here. So. I mean, I don't think we're going to see it, but I'll hold out for the Islanders at around plus 105 or plus 110 or better. At Digital Gambler, up on Twitter, read the piece up right now, vcin.com, seeking incentive for NHL bets, also in your weekly edition of Point Spread Weekly. Andy, good to talk to you, man. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you tomorrow, okay? Good luck. Thanks. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it again. Hockey analyst here at vcin. Hey, let's get another analyst on. Josh Tower is going to be with us. Got a lot to get to in the world of Major League Baseball, and he's going to break it all down next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. 
Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. Discover BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Sign up today and win $100 if you place a $1 wager on any, any Stanley Cup playoff game. And either team scores a goal regardless of your bet's outcome. Simply use bonus code VSIN100 when you place your first bet to take advantage of this offer. Enjoy hockey like never before with BetMGM. New customer offer paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older, please. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Responsibly gambling problem, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, Tennessee, color text the red line, 800-889-9789, Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT, promotional offer not available in Nevada. All right, let's bring them in. Major League Baseball, of course, hot and heavy action as we are well into the season. Josh Towers, nice enough to give us some time today to break it all down. Uh, Josh? Haven't talked to you for a little bit, so it's good to talk to you, man. Uh, let's start with this, buddy, because one of the things that I've been kind of really fascinated by uh, has been the top two guys for the Milwaukee Brewers and, and how they have been dealing, especially with a lineup that doesn't give them much run support. Now, we did see Corbin Burns yesterday get beat up a little bit by the San Diego Padres, but I wanted to talk about him and Woodruff. And between the two who are Cy Young candidates, you know, which one do you like the most? Because that was really impressive what Woodruff did on Monday night. Uh, pretty much mowing down this lineup and leading the Brewers to a victory. What's up, JBT? Um, dude, it's tough. I mean, it's exciting being a baseball fan and obviously a fan of pitching when you see two guys like this go back-to-back every day. Um, and, and you kind of – I've seen it before many times in life uh, in my baseball career where you you get two guys with just – it's like they they try to one up each other every time, and I think that's kind of what we're seeing with Woodruff and Burns. You always need somebody to push you a little bit. Uh, I think at this moment, I think Woodruff has a little bit more, uh, maybe a better idea of what he's doing on the mound. Um, Burnsy, no question about it, does as well. I think the three walks yesterday might have got him a little trouble, but past that, man, I, I'm excited about both. But right now, I, I would lean toward Woodruff 
as probably being the the more experienced of the two. So, and the reason why I bring this up too, Josh, is not only because we just watched them both pitch on consecutive days. You know, it's looking around at the futures odds in some spots, like PointsBet, for example. You know, Burns is the larger favorite here to win the Cy Young, but like you can get Woodruff still in the range of like 14, 15 to one. That popped out to me immediately. Like that seems worth an investment. I know you have Degrom there; he's coming back. Uh, he came back right from an absence, but at fourteen to one with the way Woodruff's been pitching, that seems like an investment worth making. No. Well, I, I, like I was saying uh, yesterday with Pritch and Josh, I think that you have to kind of surround yourself with uh, a couple bets, like talking about Shohei Otani winning mm-hmm. MVP. I mean, their leader, but you got so many things. We just watched Jacob come off an injury. I think he had five innings this month before last night. So, you know, if, if you miss too much time, it's hard to collect an award like that. And so I think you do need to surround yourself. You're right. I mean, for, he's, he's, I mean, we're just got a one four one in sixty four innings, and Jacobs got forty five innings. So at, at this point, at fourteen to one, if things stay like this, I, I think that Woodruff would have the advantage right now. So no, I think fourteen to one's a great investment. All right, let's move on. Talk about a couple other things. Uh, get your thoughts now on the Toronto Blue Jays. So they snapped the losing streak. Uh, Mats gets the win for him, six and two thirds, solid outing, only one run, strikes out ten. Uh, Kluber, of course, handed the loss here, but I kind of wanted to focus on Toronto because overall they've been in a little bit of a slump. Am I wrong to not be entirely surprised by this, Josh? Like I, I think from an offensive standpoint, we're getting mostly what we expect from this lineup, right? Guerrero, of course, at the top of the league in terms of home runs but like the pitching staff was my biggest question for Toronto so it's not really insanely surprising to see them on this slump because I think they lack a lot of depth with their staff uh, they, they lacked a lot a lot of depth again that the young kids they've been developing for a while are ready to hit in the big leagues now the young pitching that's starting to come around like we're going to see one of them today and Alex Manoa um, we got another one playing on Team USA he used to be a Blue Jay and Simeon Lewis Richardson I think those guys are a couple years behind where they're at so they 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 need to go get another Hinjin Ryu. They need to go do some more stuff like that. I mean, they got Chatwood in the bullpen, who's a veteran, um, can get inconsistent with walks at times. And, and, and again, as we know, watching baseball our whole lives, pitching is the, the key catalyst to any successful team. I mean, look what the Anaheim Angels are doing again. So <laughs> the Blue Jays go get another Hinjin Ryu or something like that. The, the Angels are, Josh, I don't know if you remember this at all, but I am an Angels fan. It is incredible what they have done with this staff. Yet again, just refusing to kind of invest in it, going by low spots all over the place, and then just wasting years like Shohei Otani's and Mike Trout's is incredible, dude. Hey, did correct me if I'm wrong, but did Shohei really say I should have Google searched a better team before signing with the Angels? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think that was just a meme up on social media. <laughs> that would have been really hilarious, but I don't think that was true. That would have been the, the, the last thing the Angels needed. Now, listen, they've been doing it, man. I mean, Shohei, okay, he pitches and he hits, so you're only going to get half and half. Hopefully more, but you never know. They didn't go by any pitching when they had the opportunity with Strasburg and Cole and the boys. They went and got Rendon. They thought that was the investment. It never is. They got work to do, man. By the way, am I wrong to be impressed like that that 117 mile an hour home run yesterday from Otani? Like for most pitchers or for most hitters, right? Like that just kind of flails out. But that one, because he hit it so freaking strong, there was no chance that that was hooking out, and that goes out of the park. Like that was, I was insanely impressed with that home run last night. Yeah, I've listened to hitters just rat balls foul before and yell at themselves by not keeping their hands inside better to keep it fair. Okay. It's impressive what they think about when they swing. Uh, listen, when you hit a home run, it should go hard. So 117 doesn't really surprise me. All right, so we got a pretty deep card uh, today. Any game at the top of the list that has stuck out to you today? Dude, no, I went over this list, and there's nothing that, like, I'm in love with. Uh, I would fade the Jays a little bit just because with starting uh, your your major league debut, it's either phenomenal or it's not very good. There's no really in-between. 
Uh, I don't see where offense is coming in the Rockies-Mets game, so I would take a look at that total. Always fade the Orioles, as we know. <laughs> um, and the other thing I was thinking, again, not too many I'm in love with, but Nola hasn't pitched well on the road, and McKenzie's been struggling pretty bad for the Indians. All right, let me get your thought on uh, a couple of pitchers before we get you out of here in some of these games. Uh, your evaluation of Paddock, uh, through 36 and a third, he's been better than he was last year overall. Numbers are pretty tight across the board in terms of the analytics. Uh, is this kind of the turn here for Paddock, that everything we kind of expected of him is starting to come to fruition? He's the one guy in baseball that I wish I knew. I yeah. wish I want to I have a conversation with him. I want to know what he thinks. His stuff is far superior than what we get. And I don't know what it is about it, why we're not getting a better version. I think that he can be one of the, the, the league's elite, and he's just not showing it. So I don't know. I mean, to me, it's, it's clearly mental. Um, I don't know if it's arrogance. I don't know what it is. But I, I just think there should be a much better version of this kid out there. How bad does it get for the Diamondbacks? They've lost nine straight, and I don't feel confident sending a Merrill Kelly out there to stop the bleeding. <laughs> yeah, listen, they're major league teams, so they're gonna they're gonna win one every now and again. But this is uh, this is not good. The teams that are bad in MLB are really bad. It's hard to, or I mean, you can't take a guess on betting when they're gonna win. Yep. Well, and the Giants too. I mean, the, the, I was kind of surprised a little bit by the price, right? Like minus one eleven here for the Giants on the road, given the way that this D-backs team has been playing, the way that this pitching staff has been performing. Like, I wouldn't really be surprised to see the Giants get a little bit more action here. No, just given the status of this Diamondbacks team and this staff. Yeah, I, I think. I think a lot of people are still thinking the Giants aren't as good and that they're going to fall into one of these kids pretty soon, and then every day they keep surprising us. So I think that's kind of like what the lines are based on. Yep. Yeah, I see right now minus 111 here at the South Point between those two, total of nine. And right now it's a pick, at least at the South Point, minus 110 uh, on both sides. All right, before we get you out of here, two more I want to throw at you really quickly before we let you go earlier this morning. Again, Josh Towers with us at No Dome Josh uh, up on Twitter. Some of these interleague matchups have been pretty fascinating. Braves and Red Sox, you get Smiley on one end and Pavetta on the other. Pavetta's off to an absolutely fantastic start. Is it sustainable here? Sox are a $1.30 favorite at home. Yeah, I do like uh, – I, I would continue to run Pavetta in this situation. Smiley has been pretty inconsistent. Boston's lost, I think, two in a row. Uh, playing at home, I think this is a good spot for them. And there's no Azuma, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, he hasn't really been a big part of that offense, but, you know, you still got to – respect him when he's in the lineup and I think the other team that I, I maybe not surprised people because uh, you know last time we saw them they made a pretty deep run into the postseason but this Tampa Bay Rays team Josh the way that's one the winning streak that they have been on the way that they have been playing baseball today they're over a two dollar favorite with glass now on the hill like they have just done this perfectly in terms of building this roster with the chief guys we, we talk about this all the time I think they have one of the best managers in major league baseball like yeah we talk about sustainability but in this division with the New York Yankees starting to round into form like where are they at in this pecking order between them and New York? Like, are they the better team? Is New York still better? What's your evaluation of this race between these two? No, I think Tampa's the better team by far. Yeah. I, I think that they're coached better. I think that they're developed, more importantly, better. I, we just know the names of the Yankees more, so it's just easier to think by knowing someone's name that they should be better by default. I always say, man, don't like when the Tampa Bay Rays get hot, just bet them every day. Don't try to mess around and decide when they're going to lose. And when they get cold, fade them every day because they're streaky as heck. I know they lost one, but this this team's impressive by what they do. It's all internal. They don't care about anybody else. They care about themselves, and they play for themselves, and it shows on the field. Is it hyperbole to say Cash is one of the best, if not the best, managers in Major League Baseball? I feel he's the best. I feel he's underrated and doesn't get enough, and I don't know at this point, like, what does he have to do? Does he have to go to a major market team to prove it? I mean, you took one of the lowest market teams in baseball, and you put him in the playoffs in the World Series, and you're – 
you know, top of the division every year. I don't know what else he needs to do. Yep. All right, we'll, we'll get you out of here on this one. Last 90 seconds with Josh Towers. Uh, Dodgers have started around in the form. The pitching has been absolutely fantastic. Astros have lost four straight. Is this just a, hey, you know what, middle of the season, four-game losing streak? You've seen something here with the Astros that they should be concerned about. No, I just think it's L.A. I think yeah. L.A.'s playing well. I think that it's always going to be an exciting series. We already see what the fans are kind of doing, showing up, doing some crazy stuff. And no matter what, there's always history here with these two teams now. It'll, it'll, you know, It's probably never going to go away until a lot of these players are gone. So uh, I wouldn't worry too much about Houston. Um, but the Dodgers, listen, that's the deepest part of that organization is their pitching, and they're going to be able to sustain this all year. Josh Towers, follow him up on Twitter at No Don't Josh. Josh, appreciate the time this morning, man. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Talk to you later, buddy. Yep. Former MLB, of course. Decent host. Appears regularly here on a numbers game. Uh, yeah, this is a really deep card. Very much excited to see a lot of these performances today. Now, of course, being an Angels guy, not very excited to see what Griffin Canning has brought to the table because the Angels haven't had much outside of Otani. But, dude, that bomb yesterday was so incredible. The strength behind Otani, the way that he can do this, dude. I think nine times out of a ten, that ball probably starts to hook out and goes foul. But last night, God. Watching that dude every single day is going to be absolutely incredible. All right. Second hour of a numbers game is coming up. We still have a – we'll get the evaluations my end in terms of the uh, NBA games we're going to see later today. Got one series, two series left in terms of those exact series results and how many games will be played that we can go over as well. Uh, but when we come back at the top of the hour, Chris Felica is going to be with us, VSBN College Game Day. Remember, we had those games of the year up. We had win totals get posted at DraftKings the other day as well in terms of college football. And we have the Colonial coming up, right? Brady Cannon's going to be with us by the next hour. Felika's got some opinions on it as well, so don't go anywhere. Great second hour of a numbers game coming up. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.